the few bad ones or the few crazy quote unquote ones are the ones that dictate the narrative. And right. we need to actively work as Christians to stop that via things of opening a dialogue, being loving, being Christians, being that outreach that we want to see. Denomination, a recognized autonomous branch of the Christian church. Hey guys, that was just a quick snippet of our conversation with Christopher Flatt. In this week's episode, we talked about Catholicism, what it's like growing up dual denomination, and how there's no one right way to live a Christian life. I love the way Christopher is able to see past the religious barriers and to be able to connect with those around him. This episode is a good one, so grab your coffee and let's dig right in. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 28. Today we are sitting here with Christopher and Catherine Flat from Flat Cat Productions. Hello. And uh, just FYI, Catherine is present, but she may or may not be attending the podcast. So if you hear another voice that is not uh, mine, Elaine's, or Christopher's, then that is who you're hearing. So she may add commentary, but just FYI, there's a fourth person in the room. She's just very quiet. But anyway, so uh, yeah, today we are talking about, I have a feeling we're not going to stay on topic at all. Yeah, we never stay on topic. But uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about um, Catholicism and modern Christianity. So I guess like the balance between Catholicism and Protestantism, right? Yeah, So be accurate. Uh, just as a quick intro from my end, uh, Christopher just so happens to be related to me. Christopher is my cousin, and so uh, yeah, we've had the pleasure of growing up together pretty much, you know, yeah, our whole lives. Our whole lives, yeah. yeah. And uh, Christopher and I have way too much in common. We both do a lot of video stuff. We both love technology, and so we can just start ranting and raving. And it's wonderful. Yes. It's so wonderful. And it all goes over my head. Yes. I don't understand any of it. You and... Catherine just kind of like tune us out and yeah. we just start yeah. talking and y'all stare at each other. I can appreciate the things. I just don't know how the things work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just do the thing and it works. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so today we're going to talk about that. We're probably going to touch base even a little bit on um, just being young adults in modern church and a little bit of all that. So it's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. And I'm just going to give Christopher an open floor to intro himself and his wife, and to tell us a little bit about them. All right, well, um, first off, I have to apologize for if I start coughing or anything, because my throat has been killing me this past yes, week. ditto. So, all good. Yeah, but um, me and Catherine, we've been married for a little under seven or eight months now. Um, we've been together for about five years. Yeah, my, my mom's Catholic. My dad was uh, Protestant, and whenever, my mom wasn't Catholic when they got, when they got uh, together or anything, but after they got married, she uh, went very more on the Catholic side. And I was just generally raised both Catholic and Protestant in the same way. Um, I would go to the Catholic church. I'd go to the Protestant churches and it, I was just raised on both ends of the spectrum. I was able to see both sides. I was able to see 
why Catholics believe what they do, why Protestants believe what they do, and kind of get a different opinion than most people. Because from what I've seen and experienced, a lot of people generally just don't know one side or ex uh, any side except their own. So it was very interesting to be able to learn, grow, and teach other people just based on this. Yeah, as a kid um, growing up, being able to kind of fall on both sides, what was um, mentally? How did you process that? Because uh, you know, Catholicism and Protestantism are—they have their crossovers, but they also have a few like major differences. And yeah. So, like as a kid, how did you process through? Did that teach you to be more? analytical did it confuse you any at all like how did you process through that yes to both of those i because of that i am very analytical like i like to look at all the facts i like to look at stuff and see why is this the way that it is let me learn about it and then also i began to question a lot earlier like i didn't know anything i didn't know all the stuff and i wanted to learn it so i obviously went out and i searched for this stuff but i didn't really start care i didn't care honestly until i was probably 13 or 14 Around that time, that's when I actually started caring about Christianity right. as a whole and began searching and what is, who is God and who is he to me? Yeah. And that's whenever I really dug into it because prior to that, I was just kind of that, I didn't care. I, just, I had to go to church on Sunday because, you know, that's what you do. You go to church. Right. That's what you do. It's the South. Yeah, no joke. Um, so you touched on something interesting there. Uh, you said that it kind of made you be more analytical. And I think that's something that's missing in a lot, just to dive like super deep right off the bat here in the first like two minutes of this perfect whole podcast episode. Uh, that's something that's missing a lot. You know, we kind of go to church out of tradition. And you and I were talking a little, or the four of us were talking a little bit before, just about just the drawbacks sometimes of trying to find somewhere that has you know, a solid community and a solid um, teaching and things like that. And there is no yeah. perfect church. You know, there's no Correct, perfect yeah. church. There never will be a perfect church because it's full of imperfect people. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Elaine. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I know you thought I was, yeah, but I'm I sorry, hate to Catherine. break. I, I'm a bit of a jerk sometimes. And... <laughs> it just happened right here on this podcast. Our wives learned we're not perfect. It's okay. I've always <laughs> known that you weren't perfect. It's like well, a soap that's, opera. That's like, that's like a load off my chest now. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to hide yourself anymore. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Redemption happened. There's freedom. Uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and coffee. Always coffee. Uh, so, interesting point, like talking about just being more analytical and, and just kind of trying to gear and figure out for yourself um, how can you take some of those principles and like, okay, so walk people through a little bit of like how that opened your eyes to realizing like, I have to learn God for myself. I can't just take the word of an organized like body. Like how did that, at what point did you go, wow, like there's more truth than meets the eye? Honestly, just going into my testimony a little bit, just, um, I struggled a lot with, um, like most like most teenage boys do a porn addiction. Like I yeah. struggled a lot with that and that it made me hate myself, made me question why I do all this stuff. But then I ended up going to uh, one of the Protestant churches, uh, new life church in um, GLR. And um, it was baptism day that day. And I just had a, what do you want to call it? Um, kind of like a revelation, like a come to Jesus meeting, right. so to speak of where I just knew God was there. God called me and I went baptized that day and my mom was fully supportive of that. The my mom went with, uh, she would always go with us no matter where we went, whether it be like Catholic church or uh, pro uh, any Protestant church. 
And she was fully supportive of that just because it's, uh, she always viewed it as my choice. She wanted me to be Catholic and everything, but she let me go through this. Right. And, um, because of that, that kind of, um, what do you want to call it? Choosing to get baptized in that time maybe solidify the fact of, okay, there is a God, but what, because uh, with Christianity, there's like however many different denominations. Oh, yeah. How do I know this is the right one? Mm. How do I know these people have the right thing? Because because uh, because of that, I've always questioned with anything, whether it be science, whether it be politics, whether it be religion. So I've always had an innate, I don't want to say distrust, but a distrust of. No, yeah, I get that. But people tell me. That's genetic. I get that too. Yeah. So <laughs> I've always like, okay, I love you guys, but why? Why are you right? Explain to me why you're right. And that led that just fueled the fire even more because their list of reasons was kind of not wrong but it was one of those things like well that doesn't line up with this section right here of the bible right completely it halfway does and that and that happened with like all these other denominations too and it's very interesting reading through that which only fueled the fire even more to learn more mm-hmm. right. about the whole catholic versus protestantism when i think it's really a catholic and protestant right so do you view, in your personal opinion, do you view Catholicism as a separate religion or a separate denomination? Separate denomination, okay. 100%. And so you kind of view it in the same lights of, you know, you have the Pentecostal movement, you have the Catholic movement, you have, um, or I guess branch, not necessarily movement, but you have uh, Methodist. Methodist, Baptist, Absolutely, Presbyterian. Yeah. They're all just kind of different shades of the same, exactly, the same yeah. entity. Um, in my opinion, a lot of non-denominational churches do outreach and community way better than the Catholics have in, I want to say decades. And well, I've only been alive for two, but that's everything. Church history exists though. You can read. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I love. And (laughs) Protestants have from all the research, they've always just been a lot more outreach into the community that I have found versus Catholics. Catholics have a lot of it, but they aren't as for footing with that. But in the same way, Protestants from my experiences and what I, all the churches I've gone to have neglected their own pair, their own churches ha- a lot of times in search of new people. Whereas Catholics are very integrated into themselves. Like how can we help our people? How can we do ourselves? Right. Okay. And so that's an interesting point because there's, there's a need for both. Exactly. You have to maintain there needs to be an even ground to help. Right. And so what is it about um, Catholicism that keeps people integrated versus um, maybe Protestants where people slip to the cracks a little bit more, in your opinion? I think a lot of it comes down to, first off, um, people and Catholics, from my experience, have been very accepting regarding everything, mm-hmm. um, whether it be race, sex, uh, sexual orientation, all that stuff. Not that they find like things except that they're morally correct, but they always know that, hey, we understand we're not perfect, too. We can do this, which there's always exceptions. There's always going to be people that think they're high, that moral sure, high ground. Sure. But um, just an overall acceptance of stuff like this versus a lot of Baptist or Protestant or not uh, Protestant, but uh, Pentecostal, where they're very either my way or the highway. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that um, with Tristan actually. I think we touched on that a little bit. I don't remember if it was on the episode or afterward in some post conversation. It was after. Yeah, it may have been some post conversation, but we were just kind of talking a little bit about. Um, about that very thing, about how uh, there's too much direct, it's this way and that's it, yeah. in a lot of our kind of more Protestant-based 
church mm-hmm. community where if you are a homosexual or you are um, a di- sometimes even like as simple as a different denomination, yeah, uh, you are completely blackballed from their community. And sure, and I understand what you're saying is like the Catholics kind of view that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, they kind of view it more of a, I understand morally mm-hmm. we may not agree but it's still my call to love you. Exactly. You are a you are a lost brother. I can uh, if you want me to help you, I will be here for you. Right. I think that's a huge part missing in church in general. Definitely. Uh, and that know. that mostly applies to like the local parishes that I've attended, like a Immaculate Conception in Little Rock, and then um, the Latin Mass one that I always forget the name of here in Cabot. <laughs> um, one thing like the priests is always always like in the middle of uh, prayers have always been like praying for other churches, not like not specifically other churches by name, but just like our other brothers in Christ who aren't here with us. Right. And not just like other Catholics in Christ, not other, no other brothers and sisters in Christ, the entire broad scope, people were praying for them. Right. And I'm not sure if that's for every other thing, obviously, but all the ones that I've grown up with, all the ones that I've been to have always done that. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing. That's actually one of the churches uh, that we've been kind of, on and off attending, I know you guys went through mm-hmm. too. You know they have this thing in service where they always pick another church to yeah. pray for, and that's, that's one of the things service, yeah. that I just thought was like super awesome. It's like, yeah. hey, we're not just this tiny peg fighting the world. Like, yeah. there's a community of us. Exactly. Um, something that I think is very interesting about the fact that you grew up, um, you know, as I told you, that you're half calf. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think it's interesting because you get this more rounded picture of mm-hmm. the gospel than a lot of us have. And I think that that goes like, it applies more to, um, to, to people. You know, I've done a lot of different denominations and seen yeah. a lot of different things. Uh, I've never been Catholic, but I've been Baptist. I've, um, been assembly of God. I've been non-denominational. And then whenever I had the band, we went to numerous different, you know, Methodist, mm-hmm. Lutheran, um, Presbyterian. And so I got to experience quite a few different denominations in and of themselves. Some, more traditional, some more, uh, quote unquote, spirit led, some more yeah. conservative, some more liberal. And, uh, an interesting thing about that to me is at the core of it, we're all trying to do the same thing. And I think that denominationalism in and of itself is, it caused a lot of confusion, mm-hmm. uh, because at the gist of it, at the core of it, there's a few solid truths in the Bible. You know, there's a good, like, Ten Commandment list, um, and it, Jesus even boils it down further and says, love your, l- love God, love your neighbor, the rest will follow suit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do those two things, love God, love your neighbor, the rest of his commandments fall in line. Yeah. And then all this other stuff, predestination, free will, all these other little uh, branches of bickering within denominations— don't matter, and I think that uh, being able to have the, the Catholic side, being able to have the Protestant side, gives you an interesting view. And I think it's something we all need—not necessarily like, "Hey, leave your church and go start leaving, yeah, you know, do another church." Yeah. That's not what I'm saying, but like opening our minds up to the fact that like God is bigger than one church. Mm-hmm. God is bigger than we give Him credit for, you know. Uh, there are many aspects of God. He created beings made of eyes to view him all the time, mm-hmm. to constantly understand new aspects of him. You know, in the same instance, 
we are his creation and we're pursuing the same thing to constantly view new aspects of God. Absolutely. And it ultimately boils down to the one thing that God is, it's his love. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a, a great thing for us to realize is Catholics, you know, if you're Protestant, you're, Catholics aren't the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we may have differences, but that doesn't make one a saint and one a sinner. You yeah, know? exactly. That's the biggest thing that, I mean, obviously grew up in the, growing up in the digital age and everything, being a Christian online is a bad word because that's just oh, yeah. opening a door for flame wars and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then even on um, Christian um, forums, on Christian groups and everything like that, just mentioning I was a Catholic at times, like entire like Catholic bashing threads became a thing. And naturally I was drawn to those. It's like, a, hey, why do, you, why do you hate my denomination? Like, why do you hate me? Right. And it was always out of a place of either hurt or ignorance for the most part. And things like we're not the enemy here. We're not trying to hate. We're not trying to get rid of you. We're not trying. To... It's like it's like going to the grocery store. You're, either, you're going to drive a car to get there most of the time. Are you going to drive in your car? Are you going to go in your in a uh, Ford? Or are you going to drive in a Chevy? You're going to get there the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a matter of what are you driving to get there? Right. And it boils down to your Catholic mm-hmm. friends love Jesus. Yep. They believe he died for them. Absolutely. They believe he rose again. I mean, the Bible's clear. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Mm-hmm. The rest is all schematics. Yes. It's all trying to figure out... The minute um, details between it. Right. And it's all a lot of it's stuff that we're not even meant to comprehend. Right. Uh, a lot of it is stuff that's, you know... Um, and we could argue about revelation and the meanings behind that all day long, and oh, we're never going to know the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just get hung up on a lot of just little things that, in essence, don't really matter. And so, in your opinion, or in what you've witnessed, what are the key major differences, either or, uh, either like contextually, or like traditionally, or like functionality-wise in Catholic? In Protestant churches, in my experiences with just the way the um, church is set, like in how a service is set up for Catholics, it'd be the mass. Every Catholic church across the world does mass the same way until it gets to I can't remember what it's called, but essentially the sermon where the uh, priest talks to the congregation about what's going on, right? About what he wants to, t- what he, what God's told him. We need to talk about this. Other everything else, like the prayers, same prayers. The um, readings for that day, they'll be the same readings for that specific day. Every Catholic is on board, like, this is what we're learning today. And then it's up to the priest, like, this is what my church, what my community needs to hear. Whereas with, you go to any number of different Christian church or Protestant churches, and they'll all be completely different with different messages, different verses, different everything. Not to say one way is better than another, but I love how connected everybody is. My... um, some people at work that are Catholic, if, if I went up to them and like t- um, started talking to them about today's readings, we'd be talking about the same thing. Right. Like, despite us going to churches on the other ends of other ends of the state, we'd be able to just talk about the exact same readings, and then we'd be able to swap notes on what our priests were talking about. Right. And so, would you? I guess would it be fair to say that like, Catholic, like Catholicism does better at a global church a joint unity of a global church, but less on the independence of like the authority in Christ or like the, the freedom to operate in Christ. Is that kind of like, there's a beautiful structure involved where everyone can be joint together, but maybe where the 
Protestant side gets a little better is the, you know, the the liberty and the freedom mm. of the spirit. Is that kind of a fair? I would say yes. Because um, the Catholic, Catholics, um, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, like that's not like locked behind a wall that only a priest can get to. Anybody can talk to Jesus. Anybody can talk to God, to the Holy Spirit. Like anybody can pray to them and do all that stuff. It's just the, do we accept the teachings of this person for this person? Um, Uncle Joe down the street, who's a Catholic, might be able to like spout out all the stuff, but what he's saying isn't necessarily right or factual, just the same way the priest isn't necessarily right or factual. At the end of the day, it's still the Bible and God that's in charge here. Right. And I do think that the Catholic Church needs to work more on the more, what do you call it, the um, down-to-earth, like, homegrown, like, I'm trying to think of what the word would be. Yeah, but um, the not the global, roots. but the community. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the smaller community, like the one, the two, the three, right. instead of the millions. I gotcha. Um, if that answers your question at all. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It really does. Uh, and like I said, I just I don't know a lot about Catholicism mm-hmm. in general. I don't know a whole lot about the practices and things like that. I just know that. Uh, like even I'm still learning a whole lot about it, like even now, because just me, um, I'm not like I'm not like confirmed, quote unquote. That's what we we go through confirmation, which um, when you're about fourteen, fifteen. I never went through that. Right. Um, that was right in the middle of me like going to Protestant church all the time, and I'm just now starting to get back into the whole Catholic thing, mm-hmm. and not because I disliked it, just because it was something I wasn't sure about, and I'm still right. not like one hundred percent sure about it. But I am still trying to get into it and learn more and become more aware of everything about it. How have you been confronted on both sides of your? like different denominations uh being in that place of being un- like uncertain how have they handled that or have you been able to talk to anyone on both sides of that um catholic side is very much a okay cool pretty much just like not trying to convince me one way or another right um a lot of <clears throat> a lot of my friends on the protestant side they're still very they're again very much like cool okay it's been we call it the church leaders in the protestant side that have been very like let me convince you otherwise. Not like, let me get to know you. Let me get, well, I already knew them for a while, but yeah. right. not a why do you believe, but let me convince you why we're right and why they're wrong. And convert you to yeah. their beliefs. And I understand exactly why that would be because come to stay with us, but at the same time, I'm still trying to learn this myself. I'm trying to make these decisions. I felt like that was very much a, hey, take this. This is, this is what's right. You should, you should do this instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, not that it pushed me away. It was just one of those like, Okay, I'm gonna research this even harder now yeah. because you're you're giving me your opinion and you're presenting that as yeah. truth. As truth, right. Let me look at this even with even more scrutiny. Yeah. No, that's a good thing. Like looking at everything. I mean, you know, the Bible tells us to do that, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and even that's what our podcast is about, is thinking for yourself and questioning everything and not like in a like a negative way. Yeah, not in a negative way, but just so like you can form your own opinions. You're not just taking what a pastor tells you and you're like, okay, whatever. I don't have to read the Bible. You know, I'm just going to take his interpretation, but actually like getting to know the Bible yourself, getting to know God yourself with your own personal relationship. And I think that's like our, the essence of this podcast even. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even like maybe like six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, I might just be like, you know what? Catholic isn't right. I don't agree with the Catholic denomination, yada, yada, yada. Might agree with uh, freaking Lutheran or uh, right. Lutheran or uh, Assembly of God or Baptist or... And I think that's the beauty of it is God, you know, there's this thing in the Bible uh, in, you know, it's it's wrapped up in us mm-hmm. individually. It is um, what it, personal conviction. Yeah. You know, we all have personal convictions. We have personal things that speak to us more. I have a friend 
uh, a dear friend of mine who uh, grew up in the same Pentecostal environment I did mm-hmm. uh, and loves history, absolutely loves history. Uh, and he is a uh, just diehard, um, traditional, like loves the idea of tradition and loves that about um, Presbyterians is mm-hmm. that they're very traditional in like yeah. the way they approach everything, almost, you know, borderline too, like the Catholic tradition. Yeah. They carry over a lot, you know. And uh, the only thing is his worship style is much more Pentecostal because that's what he mm-hmm. was raised in. Yeah. And so like he has, he's in an interesting place right now because the balance between the two, it's not that one is better than the other. It's that his mind is geared toward history and the appreciation of tradition and that and the excellence and the 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 time weathered prayer that like this is the same thing that my christian brothers a thousand years ago were praying and there's a lot of beauty in that to Mm him um you know to me being stubborn and a musician by nature like I enjoy free atmospheres, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like there is such thing as too free to me, you know, where it starts getting loopy and yeah, and the two. and so like there's different strokes for different folks. Yeah, pretty much. And I think that that's like an important takeaway here is like we're not enemies. We're all working. We're all creating different atmospheres for each person's unique personality mm-hmm. to experience God. You know, I personally enjoy. Um, I get more out of doing what we're doing right now, and I feel closer to God doing what we're doing than I do from pretty much any sermon. Yeah, I mean, know? like just the, for in my own in my own experience, like this past um, past year and a half, I've been doing uh, pretty much a not a podcast, but like a group uh, meetup with uh, a lot of my friends. We go to Wendy's, like it just it's comical how it started, but we just literally would just go to go to the cab at Wendy's and we would just sit there and we would talk from like seven to like ten o'clock just mm-hmm. about everything from like movies politics religion and we have a very wide range of people everything from like a uh right wing a uh, right leaning uh anarcho capitalist um wow. literal communist like every anarchist like there are so many people there with so many different backgrounds different denominations different thoughts different religions and it is just really cool seeing how we've all changed we have all been able to talk about it we've been able to learn grow and um just become better, whatever we are, like better Christians, better, uh, better political nuts. I don't know. Right. It gives you, well, and it's kind of the whole thing is like, you can lean left, you can lean right, you can lean up, you can lean down, but the truth is probably typically going to be somewhere in the middle, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like trying to center yourself, you know, they say center yourself in Christ for a reason, mm-hmm. um, that needs to go a little further out, you know, maybe that needs to reach into our politics a little more, maybe that yeah, needs to reach into that a little bit. Please. Uh, because there is truth in the balance, you know, um, and we did a whole episode. We did a two-part episode, I think, actually. No, it was just one, same person, but one uh, episode on politics. And uh, one of the things we were talking about is how, you know, the truth is often in the middle, and both sides want the same outcome. Mm-hmm. We just have very different approaches. Yeah, and uh, and so, so you're in these group settings. Yeah, you have people who believe everything from like like stot liberalism to anarchy to uh you know ultimate capitalism like you have yeah. all these different pulls um 
how can you guys come together and not rip each other's heads off? We've gotten close a couple times. Like there have <laughs> genuinely been like two or th- I, like two or three times where someone has gotten genuinely pissed off at something somebody said and stormed out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, but they've all, they've come back a couple times. There's one time that nobody came back, and it was over sports of all things. Oh, the really? Funniest, like right in the middle of a soccer World Cup, I think. It was something like that. I don't Not remember. even really. It was all the Not sports too. Sport. Yeah, like, like it was just like somebody made a joke about the other team, and somebody got and uh, not even names, but somebody got really mad, and they just walked off, and like oh oh that actually made them mad. I want to oh, no. I want to apologize to our listeners in the UK right now because uh, over here in America, it's just. Uh, you know, football isn't the same as what you guys have, and soccer's just not as big a deal to us. So don't take that, you know, personal. Yeah, please don't. I like I like the sport. I just never. I don't understand what's going on half the time. No, no one in America does. There's like that ten people they get together for the World Cup. They're just like, yes, World Cup, and the rest yeah, of us like, are like, like, it was just like a what? Of all things, like um, there's only been a couple really big arguments about it. And I think a lot of it has to do with just us, a lot of us knowing each other, <clears throat> like um. Me and Jonathan, like, we've been friends for a while. Me and Dylan, like, we were just friend, uh, just friends for maybe, like, a couple months. But him and Seth, like, knew each other for years. Like, mm-hmm. years and years. They grew up together. So, like, us already having these established friendships amongst each other made it easier to bring them in. Yeah. But then also from there, um, new friendships were made between other people because for some people, they were kind of trapped there because others were their rides. Right. So they were kind of stuck there until they were able to leave, which helped, I'm sure. But then um, just the established friendships, I think, helped way more than any type of um, talk that we ever had before mm-hmm. Before that. Because we were all strangers and we started pissing each other off. We would just get up and leave or there'd be a fight. Right, yeah. But, like, if me and Jonathan started talking politics or anything like that, we've been friends for years already. Like, we're not going to get pissed off just because you think different from me. Right. No, we're just, we just have you different opinions on that us. relationship. And then we started talking yeah. about... Yeah. And then other people, we they formed the relationship over these discussions, mm-hmm. over these disagreements, and... Yeah, man, that's pretty cool. I understand why you believe that now. What else do you like to do? Do you like video games? Do you like mm-hmm. movies? Yeah, find that common ground. Exactly. So let's take that and like kind of scale it up a little bit because we have um, a lot of violent Christians or Christians who bandwagon on these little topics. For instance, yeah. uh, for anyone listening who isn't from Arkansas, um, which I know a lot of you are not, uh, we are in a current battle with the Church of Satan mm-hmm. over over a uh, what I guess I don't. It's not Satan. It's it's the a statue of that. Yeah, I think Belmont or Belfonet. I can't remember. I can't pronounce it. Whatever. It's the goat-headed <clears throat> dude, and they pagan deity of duality. Yeah, basically, and uh, we're in this like legal battle because they erect last year, I think it was last year, they erected a monument of the 10 commandments on our Capitol grounds and the satanic church filed suit against the Christians mm-hmm. or against, or not against, but against the, um, the, the 10 commandments, well, the actual like statue and the, well, yeah, whatever the, the group was that yeah. put it up. Um, and, uh, basically saying that we were infringing on their, their beliefs and, it was not fair. And uh, so they are in the process now of trying to get the Satan statue on the grounds. There's this big, like where they brought it in on a flatbed trailer and they did this big um, conference, which I, I'm going to get like ridiculed for this by someone. But I give the Satanist credit. Yeah. yeah. They had um, a variety of speakers, including two Christian speakers, 
on their behalf, like there mm-hmm. that they gave platform to speak because they, well, okay, so if people don't know what Satanism is, Satanism doesn't worship the devil. They worship themselves. They don't actually even believe in the devil. They just use his as a model because they think that like God, quote unquote, is like, you know, oppressive or some kind of crap like that. So edgy atheists. Like yeah. Every, yeah, every exactly. Satanist I've ever met has just been a really edgy atheist who has then claimed atheism after they graduated high school. Yeah, basically. And so, but they're very much like, ooh, equal religion and stuff like that. It's kind of like their big push is, even though it, it's not really, in a way, if you want to look at it through their lens, like through the lens of truth, they're like, it's not really equal, but they see it as equal. And like, you know, I I look at these pictures to kind of go back to what I'm talking about here. I was looking at these photos of uh, like these protesters holding up like signs of like John three sixteen. I'm like, yay. Older people. Mind you. Well, yeah, but there were some younger people. And there was, like, these one, like, group of people, like, holding the Christian flag and the rebel flag. And I'm like... What does that have what, to do with What? Anything? Those don't... Those don't <laughs> no, go together. Those are the are, opposites. What are you even, like, trying to... America. Yeah, Hashtag like... America. <laughs> and it's like this... Instead of, like, reaching out to these people and being like, hey, like, I want to I wanna hear you and get to know you, mm-hmm. uh... We just kind of, and I'm I'm as guilty as of as anyone, you know. Our Americanized religion is, uh, how can Jesus serve me today? Mm-hmm. And so, I think it's interesting. You're talking about a group of people with vastly different opinions that are able to sit in the same room and tolerate each other and maybe learn something. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting philosophy. How can we expand that? Because right now you have churches like Westboro Baptist leading the charge for Christian faith. You go on anything, um, man. You get online and you just read people's comments. Dude, and it like, hurts. why I is can't it be that, online half the time? Why is it that the Christians always spread the weirdest, most outlandish, not real crap? And they're like, Book of Revelation, it's coming down, and it's just like that is a freaking but digitalized image that's not even right. real. Oh my gosh! I will say in contrast. That one church um, where they had the free hugs for the Pride Parade. Yeah, that was great. That was and fantastic. The Christians were yeah. coming up to like all the people in the parade, like just giving them hugs, like showing them like actual love. Like there was mom hugs, dad hugs, pastor hugs, and um, the Christians were being open, Christ-like, Christ-like, you know, and <laughs> showing them love and just even by hugging them, they <coughs> maybe not have accepted their lifestyle per se, but accepted them as human beings. Right, which goes back to what he was saying yeah. earlier. And so Christians are always, you find the select few that are actually Christ-like. Right, and I think that's the thing is like, we get caught up in this mentality of like, how can Christ serve us? We don't mm-hmm. mean to. It's just, it's the American dream, mm-hmm. you know? You know, it's have a house and, and a dog and a piece of land and three kids and the big urban car and... Mm-hmm work the nine to five and come home and dinner's on the table. It's just that whole. Yeah. It's like just the image that we've been, gr- that we've grown up with, that we've known, like it's, without even knowing it half the time, like we just see and like, that's what we want yeah. just because that's what we're given. Right. Well, and it's what we're influenced to, to seek after, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not Christ. Like there's nothing wrong. Now don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with owning a house or owning a car, or having three kids or working a nine to five. Mm-hmm. It's just that comfort trap. Yeah. Of, I'm just going to live my life and the rest of the world can go to hell in a handbasket. And I don't give a crap because I'm over here living my life and everything's just fine. And when things get a little rough, I'm just going to put on my face and go out there 
and serve and do my time and do my my daily duties and got to make it look like the world's okay. And, and sometimes it's not. You're sometimes right. it's falling apart. So uh, to tie back in with the original, kind of got sidetracked there, but the original question there is how can you take that principle of what you say you do with these just this group of people at Wendy's, mm-hmm. how can we as believers in Christ, you know, whether you're you know, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Assembly of God, or Catholic, how can we scale that out and show that to the world? How can we listen to them and hear their heart? I think, in my opinion, I think what Elaine brought up, like the pride parade, like just the free hugs thing, like everything about that is exactly what I think about it. Just being open, not being hateful, because as much as we hate it, churches like Westboro Baptist that are just so hateful, they the only reason they have a platform, they're not big churches, they're tiny churches, yeah. they're small numbers, but the reason they are given so much time is because they're so loud. There's so much. There's not so many of them, but there's just so much hatred surrounding Christians because of them right. that they're the default people think of, and that poses a massive challenge for us. And that goes mm-hmm. the same thing for Muslims with um, terrorist attacks and atheists with um, edgy atheists with Satanism and all that stuff. Right. The few bad ones or the few crazy quote unquote ones are the ones that dictate the narrative and. Right we need to actively work as Christians to stop that via things of opening a dialogue, being loving, being Christians, being that outreach that we want to see. And like with the pride parade, the hugs, free hugs and everything. I mean, how many people actually got to talk like what church are you guys? Like how many people got to invited to church and how many people actually got to see like, this is what Christ should be like. This yeah. is what Christians right. should be. Not this hatred over here, but this, I love this. And in my personal opinion, in my opinion, like just having that dialogue open up started with love and not with I hate you. Right. Goes so much further into letting people know like this is the difference here. Especially online. Yes. I mean, because- that's the biggest thing. Like just um, online, like uh, just a couple of the Starbucks red cup thing. Like, oh, my gosh. Like that was horrible. And You're taking Christmas out of and Starbucks literally says Merry Christmas all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's the Starbucks thing. I mean. It's not that they hate Christians or anything. It's just design team. Marketing team was like, hey, let's try a different design yeah. this year. Was no malicious compl- uh, intent behind it. Right. Well, and the thing is, is like, what did they take off? Like, wasn't the year before it was like reindeer and sleighs? Yeah, it was or like something, something like, like. It's like, that's not even Christian no. symbolism. That's actually just, pagan symbolism. If yeah. you want to get really like, if you honest be, about honest it. and technical, like, go back in history. That's like the technical aspect. It's like, dang it, you took the pagan symbolism out of our Christian uh, holiday. Christian. Get that out of my Christian server. <laughs> oh, man. But then, like, just all the responses seen from that, just, like, from Christians being so hateful and boycott them for this. Like, this is not something to get angry about because this is a non-issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to get angry about something, get angry about, like, all the all the travesties happening. Like, in the, get mad about Westboro Baptist. Do something to prevent, not prevent them because freedom of expression, freedom of speech, yada, yada, yada. Sure, yeah. But be the antithesis to them. Be the yeah. thing that counteracts what they do instead of getting angry about a cup get angry about something that matters get angry about something that you can be the influence of and change because starbucks isn't changing their design just because you get mad about it yeah no that's yeah, not, absolutely they're, not they're not changing they their design because of it more people buying their drinks exactly because of the publicity exactly so. i mean all no publicity is bad publicity yeah. so i mean and so like i think that's an interesting point too just kind of coming to that even more so and this can maybe be like our closing out uh, topic here or closing out bit, but taking that and going from tiny Wendy's meeting to like, how can Christians be better toward the world now turning it back in on ourselves? 
you were Catholic, you're Protestant, or you are Catholic and you are Protestant. Uh, you know, I grew up as, I was originally Baptist, then went assembly. My wife was Baptist. We've been non-denominational. How can Christians band together and realize that we're all serving the same God, we all believe in the same Jesus, and we all should be pursuing the same mission? What is that mindset mindset shift that needs to happen in church? Because right now, Satan has got us in this wonderful place where we're so inwardly focused on what's going on within the four walls of the church or what's going on in someone else's four walls. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a better music team. They have a better uh, home groups. They have a better this. Instead of just saying like, hey, they got some really cool stuff going over there. Instead of let's try to, like instead of us making this really killer women's group with our little resources, why don't we focus on what we're good at? Mm-hmm. And if we need women ministry, we're going to send our women over there. It doesn't mean that they're you're going to lose butts in the seats. It means... You're going to focus on what you do good. Let the church down the road focus on what they're doing good. And like, how do we bring community back to Christianity? Because it's it's so much an us versus them thing right now. I honestly, and this I think goes for, this is probably a very stereotypical answer for everything about this. Like, cause this has been my answer for a lot of things, but just being open, just having your mind, just open your heart ready just to learn and not be instantly defensive about everything. Yeah. I've had to learn this a lot with um, the Wendy's group and with learning more about Catholicism and Protestant and all these other denominations, having a lot of friends that are either very left, like extremely left liberal, uh, a lot of gay friends, a lot of like trans friends, these issues that most people like, no, I'm just going to shut down. I'm not going to associate with them. I'm not going to talk to them. These are things that we need to be, should be open about. Not that we have to accept them as right, but that we have to just be willing to learn and be able to work with each other, just work together and knowing like, Hey, we don't hate each other. We can work together towards a common goal. Right. Yeah. I think an interesting, something just came to my mind that goes along with that is if every Christian shut their mouth, where would people be pulling their influence, their influence from, Mm -hmm. you know, if Christians aren't willing to speak up and, and to listen and to talk and have honest conversation, people are going to look to fill that void with something. Yeah. And they're going to go to whoever's willing to listen, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be the Satanist, the psychologist, the Christian, the Muslim, the uh, Scientologist. Yeah, the Scientologist. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, actually reading a story first. about that today. Uh, and they're going to go mm-hmm. to whoever's willing to listen and who's going to honestly and sincerely care. Yeah. And so, and that's, I think, our biggest challenge here as Christians is just shutting up and listening, not trying to say you're wrong, but trying to listen to why, why do you think this and what can I do to help you? Yeah. Catherine, you have anything you want to say? No, Chris, you guys pretty much just know <laughs> Well, at least we got to hear your voice. Yeah. My, my wonderful wife, whom I love so much. I just like to analyze everything that you guys are talking about. I don't really have anything to say in particular. Yeah. I just like listening and learning from other people. And that's where it's at. That's where it's at. I'm good. You know, I'm I'm trained to talk, yeah. but it's so nice to be able to listen. And I'm a very good listener. And that, I think that's a great takeaway point is what you just said right there. Is just, you're doing exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You're sitting back and you're listening. And that's, that's Elaine's heart is to sit down with people and just listen. And she gets to do that a lot with me because I can ramble on. Well, and I think more people need to have Wendy's moments. Like they need to sit down with 
like just a group of friends or even strangers and just form that relationship and then talk about the heavy stuff and then talk about race, politics, religion, all that stuff. But if you don't have the relationship first, then you're not going to see eye to eye. Like you're, mm. you're just going to keep doing your own thing and keep hating the person next to you, not even realizing like you have more in common than you think you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, I agree with that. and so many people run in guns a blazing, like here's my opinion and mm-hmm. who no one cares about your opinion if that's what you're waving around at everyone. If your identity is in your opinion, then if nobody likes your opinion, nobody's going to like you. Exactly. And so relationship first and listen. I mean, just on that, like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. You're good. But, Go for it. I mean, I only, I would consider myself having like five really good friends. And uh, one of them being my, uh, one of the guys that was in my wedding, Chandler, Chandler Simmons. He is. Shout out to Chandler. Yeah, shout out to Chandler. Yeah. And um, he is uh, very left leaning. He's gay. He's left leaning, and he is just my one of my best friends. Honestly, like he's just always he's just that guy who's there there for me. He's gonna talk. He's gonna listen. And we didn't start talking about politics. That wasn't our first topic of conversation yeah. or anything like that. What what do we start talking about? We start talking about Fallout. We were talking about Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout Four because that was coming out right whenever we right when we met each other. So we were talking about that like all the time. Right. We started hanging out. We started talking about what's your opinion on this? Like insert news story here. Well, I think this. Cool. Drops it. That wasn't didn't affect our our relationship at all. We were just we were just bros. Yeah. That was the biggest thing about it. And everything ever since then it's just been one of those things of we know each other's opinions. We still talk about this stuff all the time. But most people, if you um like most Christians, if you have like that friend that's different than the Christian norm, what you're you're talking to them? Yeah. What? I mean they're sinners. Yeah, well so are you, buddy. So Yeah. Yeah. What do you think Jesus did? <laughs> right? Like, didn't he pick... Uh, okay, let's think for a second. What are sailors known for? Cussing and swearing and womanizing, right? Yep. Coming into port and sleeping with prostitutes. So Jesus grabs some fishermen. Mm-hmm. Tax collectors were the most hated people in town. They're still not really loved. No. I mean, they were straight up thieves. Right. I mean. God's like, yeah. Or Jesus is like, yo, tax collector, let's go. You know, who does he go? He's like, hey, you're going to betray me. I want you in my group. Like, because you need me. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then God later is like, hey, you. It's like killing all the Christians. Yep, you. I want, I want you to I want you to show. I want you to be the best Christian. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want you to propagate. And like uh, Tristan was saying last week, not only am I going to use you to spread the gospel, I'm going to take your persecution and use that to spread the gospel first. And then I'm going to take you individually out of your muck and use you to spread the gospel mm-hmm. again exactly and so that's I mean, just... if we started if we looked at people by what they're not like how they're not christian and we didn't do anything for them because of that we need to discount almost everybody out of the bible because none of those people were the good people that we wanted they became those people with god yep mm-hmm. powerpoint to end on right there booyah christopher where can people find your awesome video work and all that good stuff. Uh, flatcat.com, F-L-A-T-T-K-A-T-T.com. Uh, had to go with a little special cape for cats. <laughs> you have any social media outlets or anything like that to push people toward? Uh, or? Insta- I'm on Instagram um, at Chrisfire, and other than that, that's absolutely nothing. That's Chris with a K, too. That's where the K and the cat comes from. Yep, too. gotcha. We'll push that uh, in the show notes below if you want to. Wunderbar. Yeah. So, everyone, thank you for being here. Uh, thank if you. Yeah. And if 
anyone here wants to join in on the conversation, we have a Facebook community group for that. And all the details are below. You can find us on there and get in on this conversation because we want to hear your opinions. Uh, All the details for anything we talked about are in the show notes below. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon. I gotta get the giggles out. I have to do this every time because it's like, oh, it's a microphone. I have to giggle.